Nerds in the Sky podcast episode 22, casual chat about uncasual things. I'm Luke. And uh, Tony has joined you for this episode. Yes, he has. Um, finally got the intro right, so that's cool. This show is off to an absolute flyer. Um, we've got a hypothetical to get through. We've got a couple of listener stories. Oh, nice. And then I have a story to tell. Um, and then we'll jump into get me some strange. So that's the that's I've the just, I've meeting got, agenda. I've got some 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 hot some piping hot strange on the stove <laughs> just behind me. Yep. Uh, it should be ready in about oh, 25, 30 minutes. So all right, we'll keep an eye on it. Okay, I put the timer on. The last thing you want is some overdone strange. Oh yes, it is. <clears throat> um, good week. Yeah, bit of travelling. Yeah. Uh, I spilled wine on my pants on Monday night. <laughs> we all need to know that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was on a flight back from um, uh, from Wellington, and they were doing a really ultra-quick service of wine and cheese. Mm-hmm. Um, now I'm doing the vegan thing. I'm having the cheese. I had the You're wine vegan there. now. Um, the person behind me, though, took, I, I put the sort of wine down, balanced it precariously while I was trying to sort of get myself ready to enjoy it. Mm. And they reclined their seat, and I went, pump, spill. Onto my pants. The whole thing went over. Awesome. Yeah, so it kind of sucked. <laughs> there's got to be some, like, surely there's planes that don't have recline these days. It's ridiculous. Some of them, like, you see stories of laptops shattering and stuff like that. Why are you reclining on a flight that's, you know, you're in the air for 20 minutes. Yeah. It's beyond me. But anyway, mm. um, my pants were okay. Were, it, was, it was red wine. <laughs> And, uh, yeah. They red wine. Red Jeez. wine. Yeah. So I've, I've actually just um, sworn to never have red wine on planes again. Okay. So um, bringing it up a notch, so we're not talking about <laughs> laundry and things like that. Um, did anything paranormal happen to you since the last time we recorded? Well, when I spilled the red wine on my pants, <laughs> the uh, the crew member came around and was like, she was like, oh my God, there's wine on your pants. And I'm like, yes. Evidently so. There is wine on my pants. So she gave me some spray. Paranormal spray? Paranormal spray. And this, <laughs> she said, the spray takes the wine out of your pants. And I was like, okay. So was she, she like a witch doctor? I think she was. And she, I sprayed it over my pants and it, they stunk. But um, Stunk no like spray. what? Like, oh, I don't even really know. It's like It was like a really nice. putrid kind of sweet, kind of sickly sweet kind of smell. Oh, um, but... Yeah, got home, pants through the wash, no wine <laughs> We're stains. We're still talking about your pants. Yeah, and the amazing paranormal pants stain remover. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving right along. <clears throat> Nothing else paranormal? Uh, just a sweet cough. Okay. <laughs> uh, and, and, and yourself? What? I'm Par- paranormal. Anything paranormal happened to you no. this week? No, not at all. Okay. Moving right along. Um, so as always, you can send in your questions for Tony or your stories of unexplainable paranormal strangeness, um, to us on Twitter at LITS underscore podcast or lights in the sky podcast. Yeah, or if you want to mix it up and throw a hypothetical at Luke, come nope. for it. No, they don't come back my way. Mm. Um, speaking of which, oh, if you... I might give it my personal cell phone number and you can, <laughs> you can send me it. <laughs> Go on then. You want yeah, It's at 021 <laughs> 221. So, um, we there's did four have... more numbers. <laughs> Just keep trying. I'm trying to cut you off before you do some damage. Um, so when you send us in any of those, and they can be long, they can be short, they can be it's short It's like you're long. talking about dick pics. <laughs> yeah, they can be schlong. <laughs> they can be long, they can be short, they can be schlong. Wide. Yep. Um, uh, we'll I, send yep. you some stuff. So anywhere anywhere in the world that you are, all you got to do is come up with a question or a, um, or a story from your own past. Um, and we will send you out a little something, something. I think I think some um, erotic f- uh, friend fiction or fan <laughs> fiction could be quite good. That's oh yeah, and hate mail as well. Yeah, hate mail. We've already mentioned hate yeah, mail. Hate mail. So far, there's been no hate mail. So yeah, I don't know. But what, there's been no there's been no erotic do. fan fiction either. So <laughs> that's true. Um, okay, so if you send an erotic fan fiction, Tony will read it out. Yep. Um, if you don't, then. Um, We'll carry on as normal. 
Um, <laughs> if you send it, we will send you some things, physical things, not just like an e-card or something. We'll send you an actual thing. With a stamp. Yeah. Um, so, so far we have a couple of different countries with our swag floating around in it. Um, one email here that I got was I saw from... you just glance up at the map then, yeah. these two countries. Yeah. You're looking yep. at where on the map we've marked? Yep. Um, or our lack of marks, because we haven't actually marked it. Anyway, um, so this one comes from Canada. This is our friends again from Flix X-Raid, which is a podcast that you can find on iTunes and the Google Play Store. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's a pretty fun listen. Where in Canada are they from, do you know? Um, yeah, I could give you, I could give out the postal address. <laughs> <laughs> that would be helpful. Yeah. <laughs> um, Calgary. Calgary. So we've been to the Cove, haven't we? Yep. Vancouver, you mean. <laughs> yeah. Yep. We've been to Vancouver. Yeah, it's have. a cool country. It is. I'd really, go back there. I would go back there. I would go back there. I would go back I there. I would definitely go back there. With me or without me? Um, who's paying? Um, well, I, I remember you saying, I, I can't cove with or without you. So, I so here is the hypothetical from Tony from the Flix X-Raid podcast. Okay. So, um, this is really exciting. So again, this is the number one Tony on the show. Tony from Flix X-Raid. Yep. Um, written in a hypothetical for our number two, Tony. Number two. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I think, um... Tony from Flix X-Raid maybe hasn't listened to certain episodes, and you'll see why. Okay, because I'm thinking I might understand this now. Okay. Um, You haven't seen this in the shared drive. Yep. You have? No. (laughs) Um, Okay, so here's the hypothetical. The Earth is invaded and taken over by a race of Amazon-style females. The queen has agreed to leave the earth with her army forever for a reasonable amount of resources, and if one male of her choosing oh, breeds with her no, to produce it's the snoo snoo. <laughs> <laughs> you mean snoo snoo? Remember that there's that future army. Future army, yeah. One snoo snoo. That's exactly what it is. Um, so they'll leave the earth forever for a reasonable amount of resources and if one male of her choosing breeds with her to produce an heir she has chosen you the only thing is the only thing is that you discover that this race of aliens genitalia looks like the predator's face and well it it could look like it currently does in the previous i feel like the predator's face to me And if you do mate with her, it will destroy your genes to the point, oh. where you, point where you can still stand up to pee, but you'll never be able to achieve firm status. Would you mate with the queen and sacrifice your genes, or would you let humanity remain enslaved? I think we've been through this before when, um, when there's a situation like this that I've like, well, I'd rather not do that. And I get sort of called selfish, but I think about my quality of life. What? I think of my quality of life. Well, Your like, quality of life? Yeah. What about it? Well, I'd be broken. So? Everyone of... else would be free. <laughs> I'd be kind, be kind of unfair to me. Would it? Yeah. But you might be heralded as a hero. So, this is, have, this is, an, have, this is a question. You could potentially so... have everything you need forever, just couldn't get hard. <laughs> so, <laughs> Which is the beauty of it. So, with, I guess with beauty being the eye of the beholder, hmm. for a for the um, snoo snoo to action <laughs> happen. So, how do I get um, excited? So, if the problem is I'm never going to be able to get Hardy again, yeah. How do I get Tom Hardy? How do I get Tom Hardy in the first place <laughs> to partake in the snoo snoo? So, if it's yeah. Oh, you're saying if uh, if they looked like the mm. predator, well, how would you even get? Well, I just 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 read between the lines. I think I'd find it difficult to get Tom Hardy <laughs> with a normal looking one. <laughs> yeah. Right. So the difficulty here is not even like the predator thing's irrelevant. <laughs> it kind of is because it may as well look like a predator thing right now. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It is that scary. So in your me. eyes, it's uh, already a predator thing. Um, okay, shall we... The pretty thing we should be more... <laughs> we deal with it better. 
let's ignore that. This, there's a being that you either have to mate with at the sacrifice of Tom Hardy. <laughs> Your own oh. Tom Hardy in the future. <laughs> or the human race will be enslaved. What sort of slave this conditions? Is a no-brainer. What's a, but what sort of slave conditions are we talking about here, though? Where's the line? Yeah, where is the line? Yeah, so, where's the line? So, what do you think is acceptable slave conditions? Well, you could say going to work, you know, every week and you know, working, you know, forty hours Monday to Friday is practically slavery. <laughs> So I'm sure the actual that? I'm sure the actual slaves from back in the day would agree. Yeah, well they had to work as well. <laughs> they didn't work nine to five. <laughs> and then head hey, home. Afterwards. I started at eight twenty this morning. <laughs> and and I didn't get home till like eight twenty. Yeah, I didn't get home till like five o'clock. <laughs> so there's nine to five stuff. So I worked far saying, more than okay. nine to five. Like eight twenty to four forty. Think of like the slaves that were freed by Abe Lincoln. Let's say the entire human race had those conditions put upon them. Okay. For what purpose? Irrelevant purposes. Mm-hmm. Hmm? <laughs> Stop trying to wriggle. I, I'm thinking maybe there could be a rebellion. <laughs> like this is you wiggling to try and see if there's a wicker. I'm thinking there's a wiggle. So what? What would the Okay, explain this rebellion and so, how it gets you out of it. Okay, so um, there's a lot of people out there now. So mm. um, I have a feeling, if you think any movie you watch, pretty much any movie you watch about like alien invaders, we fight back and we win. Mm. Thinking the same thing would happen. <laughs> no, but it wouldn't. Think of it, think of it as um, on Man of Steel. Like General Zod and his army, mm-hmm. they were able to take out plenty. Yeah, they could do what they want. Yeah, they? and it's only because there was a Superman that um, the human race. Well, I would, I would expect a Superman would turn up. But there is no Superman. Well, I would also then think maybe there would be, you know, all these conspiracy theories and and sort of, um, you know, paranormal stuff we talk about all the time. Yeah, some sort of paranormal thing would intervene and help. Paranormal us. intervention. Yep. Um, the paranormal intervention is the slavery. It doesn't make sense. Well. Let's say these Amazon-style females, that was, they were accountable for all of these things that we've talked about that that we call paranormal. Let's just say all of those paranormal things. So when you say Amazon-style, is this is this is are they just is this like Amazon at the mall where I bought my Etnies shoes from in like two thousand and four? Yeah, no. or yeah, or Amazon.com on my baggy jeans. Um, no, this is. I I go more towards like that Wonder Woman island. You've yeah. seen Wonder Woman? No. You haven't seen Wonder Woman? I haven't seen Wonder Woman. Oh my gosh. What day is it? You haven't seen Dunkirk either. And you've barely seen Rick and Morty. I've seen 47 below though. <laughs> 47 metres below. Um, anyway. <laughs> I'll take this up with you another time. So they... Let's just say they're... They're... Gal Gadot. I want to see Dunkirk, though. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, I want you to should. see it. Well, don't argue with me. <laughs> just want to go. <laughs> um, okay, so you asked me to describe the Amazon so that you can make this call. Why is that, but, irre- why is that relevant? So are they large people? Why does that matter? Because how would me, Tom Hardy... <laughs> Um, satisfy them if they're a larger person, like you know, like giants. <laughs> Will they be large people? Well, that's that's the thing. They're asking you to do that, and that's all they're asking of you. So you don't necessarily have to please them. You just have to fornicate with them. I would probably suggest maybe a toy. Um, <laughs> you know, like they generate some sort of pleasure i'd be like hey look look honestly you're not going to get this out of me you try and convince your way out of it yeah but this it says in the thing they've got to produce an ear mm. so how are you doing that with a toy I, you know turkey baster <laughs> oh god what are you doing you're the one who said it <laughs> that's why you're the second favorite tony <laughs> so um okay no so i'm not going to sacrifice myself for this i will turkey based oh. and um yeah 
that wasn't part of the deal. So you would enslave, you would have the human race enslaved rather than. I'd say, why does it have to be so black and white? Where's the grey? <laughs> this is where they get to that point where they're presenting a PowerPoint presentation, yeah. <laughs> like, like the last one. It's like we want to compromise. I'm like, okay, you you wanted the snoo snoo. I don't want to, but. Um, find I, a middle ground here's a turkey based toy yeah. and that's the middle ground in yeah. your head yeah yeah right yeah. funny how that works I was like if you want some of my DNA I mean do you really want I was like I was just think do you really want this DNA like <laughs> there must be better DNA out there yeah like what's Tom Hardy doing for example <laughs> the actual Tom Hardy yeah the actual Tom Hardy <laughs> what's he up to like get him in there moving along I think you've done that to death Thank you very much, uh, Tony number one, for your uh, hypothetical. That is all that's required of you if you yourself have a hypothetical to put to us. Mm. Send it to Pics... P- uh, lights yes. in the Sky. <laughs> what? I, was said, I said my other email address. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, send it to 022. Yeah. <laughs> send it to Lights in the Sky podcast at gmail.com. Um, you can also submit them in audio form if you want to throw us a uh, voice memo and we can play it back. And still working on that fax line, I believe. <laughs> Someday. Yeah. Um, the other kind thing that um, Tony number one from Flix X-Ray Me? Podcast oh, no. has, from Flix X-Ray Podcast has done is they've sent us a couple of short um, experiences of their own. Um, so I thought I'd read them out as well. So, Tony-centric episode so far. It is. It is. Okay, so, um, story number one. And these aren't very long, but they're kind of cool to hear these little exchanges. Um, Back in the 80s, my Uncle Rick passed away and began haunting his sisters and parents. My mum, aunts, and grandparents. I haven't really heard much of a family haunting before. That's really interesting. We're going down that road. Here we are. Um, haunting them with pranks. Most pranks were harmless and more annoying than anything. Things like pushing chairs out from underneath people or stealing things. The two most notable stories go as follows. The first thing is about contact lenses. So my aunt had had glass contact lenses and one morning when going to put them in, opened up the case and found the case to be empty. The family all searched high and low and were unable to find the lenses. After a month, my aunt finally got fed up and ordered another set of contacts. The day after ordering the new lenses, she woke up and left her room to go to the bathroom. Upon returning, less than five minutes later, instead of finding the messy bed she left, she found all of the sheets and blankets folded and stacked on top of the pillow and a zipper-sealed sandwich bag with fluid and the missing contacts. The freaky thing is that my aunt was the only one home at the time. Weird. That's That's crazy. weird, right? Did, the other thing was, it's like glass contact lenses. Glass contact lenses. I've never yeah. heard of that. Yeah, I've heard of that. It's a thing. Really? Yeah, I remember um, I used to work with a guy who dropped one and it like chipped and he kept trying to put it in anyway and hurt his eye. Like it's like a monocle, but in your eye. <laughs> Kinda. Wow. They look really thick to me. Like like the eye would struggle to shut. But I might have to are we, are we googs for glass contact lenses. <laughs> um the second story is um uh, the second story is this my family owned a small cabin in a wooded area of bc was british BC? british columbia my grandfather was going up to the cabin for the first time since clo- closing the cabin for the winter so i guess they during the snowy yeah. months they yeah. shut it all up and they up yeah yeah One of the things that was a part of the closing of the cabin for the season was to take the shower curtain to be washed. They always left the shower curtain rings behind. When my grandfather arrived at the cabin by himself, he began setting up the cabin. After sitting up and cleaning, he decided to go for a shower. He went to the bathroom and found the shower rings to be missing. He searched around and just figured they accidentally got taken home, so called home looking for them and asked my grandma to go look for them at home. With that, he went to bed. The next morning, however, when he went to the bathroom, there on the shower rod, evenly spaced apart, were all of the rings as if they had never left. He was alone in the cabin in the middle of the woods. The end. Wow. Also, when was the last time he had a shower with a shower curtain? Me? Yeah. Probably the last time I was in America. Everything else is at a glass door. Yeah. When I stayed at the... No, because that was the time before. 
Yeah. Yeah. So probably a good almost coming up a year. That's a bit of shit I couldn't experience. Yeah. You? Um, the thing was the important hol- stuff. The obviously. holiday in at Auckland Airport. <laughs> they, oh, really? they, they renovated the rooms, but the, the like the actual it's a, it's a it's an SOB the, the shower over bath, mm-hmm. and um, they still had the old shower curtain you pulled along. Mm-hmm. I remember when we stayed in Anaheim, there was a, a shower curtain in yeah, there. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That would have been the previous experience. Thinking. Yeah. Although actually, now that I think about it, thinking motels. Um, Probably, I think I was in one beginning of February in Dargaville. <laughs> Dargaville in the beginning of January. Yeah. The shower That's curtains. I can imagine is. the shower curtain is quite a popular accessory in the in the in the Dargaville bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> nice, cool. So thanks again, Tony, and again send your stuff in to us and the gmails or at lightsintheskypodcast.com there's a submit your story page we can read it out and we can send you things in exchange we exchange goods and services for tales <laughs> and <laughs> hypotheticals groovy um so um that about ends the first section the first rambling section of the show that's good yeah um the next thing we're going to dive into is it's, my it's story dive into a shower with a shower curtain maybe <laughs> um so this um uh, this um we normally talk about how we shallow dive into topics we don't like to get too heavy on the details don't let details get in the way of a good story not at all not at all um, so this may be our shallowest of dives yet. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, this is like, it's not like the shallow end of the pool, but the pool has actually been drained the for the park. summer. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, there's nothing in there. Yeah. Um, and you're skateboarding inside the pool. Yeah. So, uh, ordinarily we'd, we'd maybe <clears throat> have a look at a few different, um, sources and come up with, um, a, a sort of a, uh, recount of events from, um, a number of different places to craft into our own retelling of mm. the story. Mm. We're um, on that. This time around, we were going to be talking to show feminist Jim. Yes, the most haunted guy I know. But I think he's got a feminist event tonight, hasn't he? he? Does he? There's, so they've just they've just elected a um, a new female leader of um, sort of the main opposition political party here. Yeah. So Jim's gone out to a fundraiser tonight yeah. for that, and then probably be celebrating because you know he loves you know feminine. Mm power and all that sort of stuff so um yeah yeah also um his wife's birthday so you know being a feminist you'd absolutely put that ahead of anything else yeah um oh happy birthday to jim's wife oh mrs jim (laughs) (laughs) um that's her name jim uh i spoke to jim earlier this week and as you know the most haunted guy i know yes he had uh an experience in the last week that he sent me a video of and it was quite quite an experience wow so i was going to get him to um, you set that till next week yeah we'll we'll talk to him next week um Jesus, we're going to hopefully get a there's suspense hopefully i mean we know feminism never sleeps it doesn't sleep but hopefully it has a little bit of time on friday I'll... yeah well look i mean I, I can only appeal to all the um i guess the, the haunting sources affecting jim just you know just give him um you know give him a night off from the haunting. <laughs> Allow him to focus on the feminism this week, and mm-hmm. yeah, then he's back better than ever, ready to you know yeah. to scare ourselves half to death next uh, next Friday night. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. So in the absence of um, research, <laughs> <laughs> um, I got in touch with <clears throat> John Carlson, and he is a uh, paranormalist from New Jersey in the USA, and yeah. he has the blog theparanormalist.com. Um. And friend of the show friend of yeah sure friend of the show and lots of friends of the shows we've got we've got you know we've got tony we've got uh <laughs> jim the feminist jim's wife jim's wife mrs jim <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah john carlson so he runs a blog called the paranormal paranormalist um at paranormalist.com i believe he may have been on tell him steve dave i think that's where i first found out oh, about okay him. um so i know we have a lot of ants that listen Um, But I hit him up and just said to him, do you mind if I read out this thing from your blog? So this is what I've hit up. Um, um, So this was a a recounting of an experience by a guy called Robert Pollock, who um, 
was in the military, and I believe it was around the Vietnam War time. Okay. Um, so this is the recounting of a paranormal experience over the skies, uh, in disguise over Vietnam. In the skies or in disguise? <laughs> in the skies. In disguise. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> These guys and their disguise. disguise. Okay. <laughs> Um, all right, so let me uh, read it out, and then there's a couple of... Um, Should we dedicate the story to Mrs. Jim? Yeah. For her birthday? Okay. Okay. Her birthday. Her birthday, Mrs. Jim. Um, in early 1968, during the Tet Offensive, I was a loadmaster on a C-130 aircraft attached to the 834th Air Division. My crew and I had departed Da Nang en route to Cameron Bay, South Vietnam. The flight time was about 45 minutes. Did I pronounce those right? Um, you you looked at me everything, like a... Everything apart from 45 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> you what got that wrong. You, you didn't get it right. <laughs> Let me try again. The flight time was about 45 minutes. Closer. Not great, but get in there. We were flying south just off the coast of Vietnam at 25,000 feet. The aircraft was pressurized. <laughs> try, that, try that one again. <laughs> the aircraft was pressurized and I was seated in the empty cargo compartment taking care of some final paperwork to be turned in when we landed at our destination. This was the last flight of a very long 20-hour day for us. 20-hour days, that's what you enslaved the human race to do. Yeah, through not, not the, the lack day, of right? Tom Harding. <laughs> I, had the, I had the cargo compartment lights on, bright white because we had no threat of any enemy fire <laughs> no threat of enemy fire so i could com- complete the paperwork as i sat there i noticed movement at the rear of the boxcar sized empty cargo compartment i looked and i was stunned to see a whirling gray cloudy mass form- forming at the right rear door and you you'd be kind of thinking maybe at that point that the hole maybe there's like a uh, an issue there's been a hole there's like the pressurization is leaking or something like that that there's not might be like a, a i'll go mist. on I'll go on. Oh. Oh, no. Where am I up to? <laughs> you said, I'll go on? <laughs> yeah, no, I cut you off to say, I'll go on. And then lost my place. Grey, swirly, misty. The mass was whirling clockwise. It completely filled the entire rear of the aircraft within seconds. It just hung there like a grey-black curtain. Well, I immediately thought that we'd suddenly had a pressurization leak. Mm. So or some kind of high-pressure fluid leak that was atomizing the fluid. I asked the engineer over the interphone system if he had any indications of any problem of any kind. He told me no. By this time, the mist or fog or whatever it was had half the cargo compartment filled. In just a matter of no less than two or three minutes, the entire cargo compartment was filled in, all the way to the forward bulkhead. The engineer and navigator had joined me in the rear of the aircraft, where all three of us just continued to back away from the mass as it advanced toward the front of the aircraft. The co-pilot then joined us at the forward crew door, um, just where the steps were that led to the cockpit. The pilot placed the aircraft in autopilot mode, which is my first question. Do they have autopilot on a C-130? Um, I'm sure they do, yeah. Cool. Even in the 60s? Ah, uh, they would in the 60s, yeah. yeah. Just checking. Co-pilot then joined us at the forward crew door, blah, blah, blah. The pilot placed the aircraft in autopilot mode and also joined the rest of us. We could see this grey-black mass in front of us. We were all so amazed. The navigator said, this is spooky. I remember looking at him almost in anger because I felt sure that whatever it was we were seeing was something to do with the aircraft itself and not something weird Hmm. or strange. You'd be thinking this um, this aircraft might be gonna might be gonna sort of break apart with a pressurization leak or something like that. Like that can be a scary thing, or you suffer from high hypoxia or something like that. Well, um, he yeah he does <clears throat> he mentions um, the blackness of the black. Mm. So it wasn't even um, you know uh, when you're talking pressurization and condensation and things, you're potentially getting white or grey. Yeah. This was very very black. Um, The engineer went back to his panel to double check on any possible problem with the aircraft systems and found that nothing was out of the ordinary. I placed my hand onto the mass and it just plain old disappeared from sight. The stuff was very opaque. The engineer said, "Uh, come on, let's do a walk around of the cargo compartment. I quickly agreed and the two of us stepped into the opaque mass. As soon as I stepped into the mass, the lights went out. We had to feel our way around the wall of the aircraft. We were absolutely blind inside the unknown mass. We felt our way around for 15 minutes, 
with the other three crewmen asking for constant updates as to our welfare. So it's kind of, um, uh, as soon as they step into this cloud... It's completely, like, covers you. Yeah. You're completely totally. cloaked in it. Yeah. Yep. They can't um, can't see any form of light, so like no light's in getting the, into the it. the deepest, darkest night you've <clears> ever imagined. Exactly. We got back to the stairwell where the others were at and was at a total loss as to what to do to get rid of the mass filling our aircraft. If it had also filled the cockpit, we would have been flying blind with no way to land safely. I've never figured out what the strange grey-black mass was. While I was fully encased inside the mass, I had no trouble with my eyes burning as they should have been doing if it was some kind of fluid. It had no odour. It it did not interfere with our breathing either as it should have. had it been a fluid problem. The only other explanation was that it could have been some kind of pressurization problem, which it wasn't because that was the very first thought I had and the very first thing the engineer had checked. I didn't feel any kind of threat from the mass except that it had filled the entire aircraft. We would have been in very, very desperate trouble had it done so. So as we stood there trying to decide what it was and what to do about it, the mass began to go away same way it had appeared only in reverse when it got back to the place it first started forming it whirled counterclockwise and then started disappearing into nothing the five of us were totally dumbfounded about what we had just experienced by now we were coming up on our destination so got down to the business of going through the pre-landing checklist strange right very strange so um uh some aftermath none of us measured measured man i'm having an absolute mare none of us ever mentioned the incident again even between each other why i'm not sure except to say that this as seasoned combat crewmen i guess we all just figured it uh, that if we lived through it then we didn't have to worry about it again now it never really crossed my mind back then that i would never be able to figure out what it was we had seen that night but as the years have continued to pass without an answer the incident has begun to spook me a bit We all saw that ominous grey-black mass just hanging there in front of our eyes, but just what it could have been stumps me. We could see it, but not smell it, taste it, feel it, and it didn't irritate our eyes or lungs, so your guess is as good as mine as to what it was. Something that opaque should have some kind of impact on our bodies, but it did not. So if you come up with an explanation, please explain it to me, I need to know. And that ends the letter. So this is what he wrote into. Um, the Paranormalist blog. Um, There are some um, people who have commented at the bottom of this that um, have some theories, some of them interesting. You'd be keen to know. I wouldn't say that it's without precedent as several several close encounter UFO stories have similar features. Large metal objects like an airplane moving through a charged electrical field could produce a great deal of static electrical fields, which under certain ill-understood circumstances might create this effect. EM fields have been known to influence light or our perception of it, and this may be a dramatic example. I have an Air Force friend who might be familiar with this phenomenon, so I'll run it by him and see if he's seen anything himself. Interesting. That's a good. That's a good hint. I won't want to mean. Yeah. Yeah. So electromagnetic field. So what he's getting at more is the, um, uh, I guess atmospheric electricity just distorting senses and, um, kind of trickery of the light, uh, rather than anything else. But interesting that it kind of happens inside of a, a metal body like an aircraft. Um, further theories. As a UFO researcher of some 50 years, I would recognize that as an interaction with some of our friends. The mist is usually green, though. The main effect is to disable those with the mist by virtue of total loss of our senses, sight, sound, touch, hearing, etc. On a battlefield, the effect would be dramatic, to say the least, and would probably bring everything to a standstill. Um, As it did not reach the pilot area, I would call that a show of strength. So what he's theorizing it is that, is that it's quite a deliberate thing. And you do see a lot in um, uh, UFO encounter stories, that kind of green mist or green fog, um, particularly around uh, loss of time and things like that, don't you? you? You do, yeah. There's another theory here that actually someone put a burrito in the microwave, mm-hmm. was in there for 
20 minutes rather than two minutes. <laughs> they didn't. They got the wrong decimal point. Yeah, they did. It's yeah. easily done. It is easily done. Like that might explain yeah. the electromagnetic field. It would, but then how do you how do you escape the burrito smell? This is big <laughs> point. That's not the burrito triangle. Exactly. It do doesn't you, explain it. Does it say what sort of burrito? Uh, bean and cheese. Bean and cheese. Yeah. Yeah. Nasty. Yeah. Nasty. You would have smelled that, I reckon, unless it was so fried that you know that maybe it would overwhelmed your senses. Like it was mm. so beany, so cheesy, <laughs> it overwhelmed your senses. When you say so cheesy, that plasticky cheese, like the... Yeah, it's like, a, like you squirt it out of a can. <laughs> yeah, that's the yeah, cheese. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Very beanie and cheesy. Yeah. Oh, that's just a theory. Was <laughs> was the C-130, was the United States Air Force C-130 equipped with a microwave in 1968? Yeah. Good question. Good question, Tony. <laughs> Good question, Tony. <laughs> How do we find out? Yeah, I don't do, know. What about if it was a ducted microwave? That'd just be... Um, extracting the the scent out straight what out into the was, atmosphere. What if it was an alien UFO? Yeah, overcooking a burrito in their microwave, <laughs> and it vented out. This, you know, they're like, oh, you know, hey, you open the window or something like that. Like, I oh, get the window open, and it actually drifted in like a wee gap in the C one thirty. That would explain the burrito smell. That would explain it. Well, actually, was it their burrito smell? I think I think you said burrito smell. Did yeah. I? No. <laughs> You never know. I've been, I've been mincing my words. <laughs> oh, there's no mince in the burrito. It's yeah, been cheese. Were going to go there. cheese. Yeah. Okay. Um, another um, comment is that sir was a gin. Gin being, gins are beings. <laughs> Don't look at me like that. It's <laughs> like what? <laughs> so this person is um, quite confident this was something called a gin. Gins are beings who live on this planet with us. Gins can take form of different animals and they can also possess people. No human eye can see a gin in its human form. It's totally impossible. But I'm surprised that very few people know about these beings. To be honest, you probably wouldn't believe me, but gins exist. All these ghostly experiences, possibly UFOs, are related to gins, not dead spirits. Gins are found in places where there's not much human activity, jungles, etc. However, there are different types of them. There may well be a gin right next to you at this moment. Wait, so I've never heard of this. You get good gins and bad ones. These generally cause a nuisance to us humans. They can sense are there, are there, fear. Are there to... out gins and in gins? Or... <laughs> I was going to say Bombay Sapphire. It's <laughs> a gin. Um, yeah, so this is actually something that... Do you have a gin? I don't have any gin in the, in the house. Neither. I no. don't. I don't drink gin. I can't. Yeah, I don't really. Gen. I tolerate gin rather than enjoy it. Gin tea. No. Yeah. I mean, I can if it's a good one. People tend to put too much gin in for my liking. Maybe I'm a lightweight. But um, uh, yeah, gins are. They've kind of touched on them. I think they're from the Quran. Um, there are things in the Quran talking about mm. gins, which are basically just yeah, spirits walking the earth. Good ones, bad ones. There's See, what the Quran is, it's a book that's uh, pretty much widely burnt in the United States, Southern States, <laughs> in the Bible Belt. Can we not be <laughs> controversial? Use this firewood. Um, so they, uh, yeah, it actually ties in nicely to something they talk about on Tell Em Steve Dave in the Overkill series. Um, they talk about seeing these things from out of the corner of your eye. Um, uh, yeah, when they talked about them being um, creatures from a vortex and things. Um, uh, Sarge Al-18 was the guy that they had on and his wife Talakwar. Um, that was pretty awesome. But they talk about you. Um, these things are often all around you and can be caught out of the corner of your eye. Um, but as soon as you go to look, like your focus brain on kind them. Of, kind yeah, of, yeah. Yeah. So you catch them in your peripheral only. Um, the that kind of has parallels to the idea of gins as well um but yeah interesting that um some gins apparently are taking on a humanish humanish form whereas this thing was obviously a um big gray cloud so possibly not a gin yeah yeah um oh and then they comment on their own comment 
That's always a good sign. It's a good comment. Also, I forgot to mention, jinns make their homes in caves and trees. You might laugh, but really it's the truth. <laughs> so, is this guy an expert on the jinn? No, this is a commenter on the, the very shallow dive I've had. Um, other people have commented on their own experiences with um, great grey clouds and uh, black clouds some talking about it being auras and things like that um, uh, other people saying that they were in a um, on the bleachers watching a horse race and their friends um, uh, went away to get snacks while they were sitting there alone um, a burritos big, do big grey <laughs> burritos obviously a big grey cloud came and um, basically showed the person what was going to happen in the next race uh and so they ran to the to the betting window um failed to make the bet in time but sure enough everything that they talked about and uh everything they had seen prophesied played out gin yeah played out right in front of their eyes wait was that a gin or was that not a gin just a prophecy no that's someone else's um someone else's uh uh experience with a gray cloud oh okay it's not a gin yeah no not, not to my knowledge okay um yeah so uh slightly shallow dive but i think it's an interesting one and again thanks john carlson for allowing me to read it out um there's a bunch of other things on the paranormalist website so jump on there and check it out what is the url the paranormalist.com so without the r paranormalist.com um i did see also on his facebook page which you can follow um he is attending a um an event so going to um be writing a bunch more content for his blog as an, well, an so. event like his grandnieces <laughs> yeah he's going to be inspired by family gatherings <laughs> um yeah so his uh, grandnieces grand quinceanera <laughs> that's that that's all right um so anything else to add there uh like yeah like i mean we've we've done um a couple of aircraft or airport related mysterious instances in the last couple of couple of weeks yeah so that's quite good um you know that that's right up my alley so to speak so to speak yeah uh being a plane geek and um yeah. a paranormalist fan um yeah, I think like in that situation, the first thing you'd sort of think, well, okay, there's something wrong with the aircraft. Yeah. Um, try and investigate that. Try and get to the bottom of it. Um, when you find out that you know you're in, this enveloped in like a deep cloud of not, I mean, you think maybe it was a fire or some sort of smoke or something gone wrong. Like there's lots of electrical equipment and components running through, lots of pipes. Mm-hmm. But if there's no smell, no taste, no odor, like that's pretty weird. It doesn't sting your eyes. Mm-hmm. And the pitch blackness of it gets mm-hmm. me when they like he puts his hand in and the hand basically can't see it yeah and it's you know that's not normal (laughs) it's literally at arm's length um and the same when they walk into the cloud everything's black like there's just no seeing anything but no irritation of any kind so it is like light is being disturbed possibly by a burrito in a microwave Mm. damn i want a burrito now (laughs) um shall we jump into the final segment um, this is the segment we call Get Me Some Strange. This is where we read from the 1982 Reader's Digest edition of Mysteries of the Unexplained, a book that I picked up at a yard sale for a very small fee. Mm, a nominal fee. nominal fee, and it just has a plethora of strange tales in it. We flick through it randomly, as Tony is doing now. What would you describe the cover art no, he's not. on the book? Um, it just looks like an eclipse. Yeah. So <laughs> which, isn't that, which isn't that explained. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, um, so Tony's going to flick through. I'll say stop and we will read out one of the random events. Stop. Left my run quite late that he time. He did. <clears throat> what section did we land on in the mysteries of the unexplained? This is where we start the scramble for... I'll vamp while you find the title of the section. Yes, exactly. Um, <laughs> coincidences. Coincidai? Yes. <laughs> Go for it. <clears throat> On a woodland path, Eric W. Smith, a metallurgist from the English Steel Company, 
lived in a quiet suburb of Sheffield called Eckersall. Behind his house were woods where people used to ride. Sounds like a fairy tale. And in spring and summer, it was Smith's habit to stroll there, enjoying the peace and quiet and collecting horse manure for his tomato plants. Dude! (laughs) (laughs) Ooh! (laughs) So gross. For this purpose, he carried with him a small dustpan and an old oilcloth shopping bag. So, um, flash back to one day in the late 1950s, as he was uh, quietly making his way along a woodland path, pausing now and then to scoop up some manure for his tomatoes. <laughs> he, he saw a figure slowly approaching him along the path. Where would he put the manure? In like the bag. Just be carrying a bag around. In the old oilcloth shopping bag. Oh, I wasn't listening. You weren't listening. I was looking at the levels. You were talking no, I was talking loudly. <laughs> He saw a figure slowly approaching him along the path, a man whose progress was also interrupted by stooping and shuffling. So he, a fellow manoeuvre fiend. Uh, clearly, Smith thought, here was another man who appreciated the virtues of false manoeuvre. No. <laughs> this is gold. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Let Mid- me guess. I'm going to guess where this is going. Okay. The man is him. Midway between the two men was a bench, and reaching it simultaneously, they sat down. By a remarkable coincidence, the stranger was carrying an oilcloth bag identical to Smith's, as well as a little dustpan. Oh, you might be right here. Both men, it turned out, had gone to the woods to collect manure for their tomatoes. Tell me that they are actually the same man and this isn't just two men. <laughs> With a bond now established, Smith reached for his pipe and tobacco tin. The stranger also took out a pipe and Smith offered, offered him a fill of tobacco. No thanks, the stranger said. I have my own brand. Marijuana. He did. It was the same as Smith's. At this point... Both men had the sense that something eerie was happening to them. One of them took off their pants to see who the other would take (laughs) off their pants. I've seen this movie. My name's Smith, Smith said. (laughs) Really? (laughs) So's mine, said the stranger. So, common name. Yeah. To be fair, the most common name in the English language. Yeah, and did it say when when this was from, sorry? 1950s. Oh, yeah. Uh, Eric Smith, said the first Smith. Me too, said the second Smith. <gasps> Eric W. Smith. <gasps> yes. Why wouldn't he say the full name? The W stands for Wales, said Smith number one. Ah, said Smith number two. There we differ. I'm Walter. <laughs> <laughs> no. And that's no, the end of the, the story. <laughs> Like that had so much promise, but it wasn't. It was. It was just a calm down. It was just a coincidence. Yeah, (laughs) I guess that's why I was in the coincidence section. But I mean, that's explainable. Yeah, I was. Here we go. It's odd. This is something that actually actually ties up with this story. Something that happened to me this week. Okay. I went to the dentist. I go to the dentist very rarely. Yeah. (laughs) Um, The last time I went was. Um, earlier this year time before that was probably four years ago time before that I was 18 so it was a bloody <laughs> yeah, long so time so you've done the same as I have yeah um, so so over the space of since I was 18 so how long is that 13 uh, years 13 years yeah uh, my birthday next week by the way happy b-day <laughs> um, must have been a birthday filled episode really it has been um, so I've been four times across 13 years and went to the dentist this week, sat down, and then walked an old man. Covered in horse manure. No. The receptionist said, ah, Mr. And the old man's last name was the same as mine that I'm going to have to bleed. (laughs) 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 And time code is... Ah, Mr. Bleep! <laughs> Wait, my name is Mr. Bleep! <laughs> yeah. So, what's the, what, what are the chances? I've been four times in 14 years. I go to the dentist, and this old man has the same last name as me. Which isn't Bleep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Did he? What was his middle names? <laughs> yeah, I didn't check. Um, it was just a really awkward chat. Yeah. I don't think we're related. No, no I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> and then the dentist comes in and called me. <laughs> but he didn't have an oil skin bag in the time. But yeah, also a coincidence. So I guess that was kind of weird. Yeah. If um, we're talking coincidence, but we're not. We're talking paranormal. So yeah, just none of those apply. No, it just is like, oh, okay, it's a bit weird. <laughs> All right. Anything else for this week? Um, I like. I often see when you're out in the country, and you probably see this a bit driving to your place, mm. like you know, horse manure and horse Lots poo and cow. stuff. Cow. What's the average price that goes for for a bag? Um, I think it's it's really cheap. It's like you're talking two bucks is the top end. I reckon. Really, it's yeah. high end. Yeah, and then a dollar. Uh, under that because I think you know what is it is it really worth the effort of scooping it up and putting it in a bag for anything less than say $10 I don't like, know I just wonder if it's like something it's in the way and has to be well it is it's in the way and has to be scooped up anyway they can't just go into the ground they actually have to pick it up like, I think they have to pick it up yeah oh. it's like a health thing like they get diseased otherwise okay so they have to or pick it, it up might, might not break down fast enough to because they do a thing called harrowing where they like Jim knows this. Yeah, he would. Um, they drag car tires around behind um, vehicles to spread it out, and it works like fertilizer. But that has to be done. I Otherwise, might start doing that myself. You don't have a backyard. <laughs> you don't have a yard at all. I got a courtyard. <laughs> I think we're rambling more in this episode than, than I remember. Um, I thought we were coming in short. We've gone way long. <laughs> what are we at? 51. Wow. <laughs> it's way long. Tiny little story <laughs> like that. I want to apologize <laughs> yeah. to, to anyone who's sat through this drivel. Um, we'll be back on our A game next week when we talk to our friend Jim, who's got quite a mention. He has. This week around. The show feminist. So, long pause. Long pause. <laughs> Long pause, you know, for, for probably just was just like a wee moment of silence for him <laughs> and all he's done to advance the cause of, I guess, women in this country. Hear, hear. Hear, hear. And on that note, we will catch you next week. Hey, goodbye and toodaloo.